Lotus Audio Podcast Network. Staying home with my kids, I didn't have my colleagues to chat with anymore. I had tried mommy and me groups, but I didn't really feel like I fit in there because women, we can be very clicky sometimes. So moms had been in these groups since their babies were infants. And now here I'm trying to come in with a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So um, I was like the new girl on the block and it wasn't a warm welcome. Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the Awkward Mom Stage starts now. Hey y'all and welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. I'm Lola and I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, I sat down and had a chat with Kim Keen of One of a Kind You Podcast. She's a wife, mom, life coach, Reiki, and IET practitioner. We talked about how you can lose yourself in being a wife and mother and how you need to make sure you're taking time out for you. Kim shares tips on how to take a step back and find time to reconnect with yourself again. We talk about navigating the tween teen phase of parenting all while running a business and trying to stay sane. We had a really great conversation and I'm excited for you all to listen and learn how to better foster relationships that are filled with love, compassion, and understanding so we can live happier, more fulfilled lives. So let's get into my conversation with Kim Keen. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. It's the weather's hot here. So as usual, we're in Georgia, so it's a little steamy. I think yesterday it was like 100, so I'm just trying to stay indoors with the AC. <laughs> yes, I feel you. I was just in Nashville this weekend, and that heat is real heat. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So I always give a little intro in the beginning of the episode for my guests, just like a little short introduction of you, but I like at the beginning of the episode for my guests to let everyone know uh, a little better backstory for themselves. So if you can, please go ahead and tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got started. Sure. So my name is Kim Keen. Um, I'm a mom. So I have a soon-to-be 10-year-old and a soon-to-be 13-year-old, which is mind-blowing that I almost have a teenager in the house, two daughters. <laughs> and I have four kids. Um, I've been married to my husband almost 14 years, but we've been together 18 years. So he's been through uh, the thick of, I mean, he's been through this whole journey with me of uh, reparenting myself and healing childhood trauma. Um, and that's really how I got started in life coaching, podcasting, um, in that space and holistic healing, because I left my teaching career, um, after six years and I felt like an epic failure because I thought I would teach until I was 90 and that didn't happen. So I was really struggling to adjust to stay at home mom life. Cause I always felt like, okay, I'll be home with my kids in the summer, but they're going to be daycare kids during the school year. So it was like this complete loss of identity of being a teacher and now just be just being a mom. And so uh, I started to think some really unhealthy thoughts about life and whether I should continue to exist in this body and this soul. I thought, you know, I should probably go talk to someone went to therapy. And that was um, a train wreck. (laughs) If I'm being honest. (laughs) So I went there thinking she was like, oh, these are the three things to fix an identity crisis. (laughs) So not that. And um, was in therapy for over a year and a half. And I felt worse uh, at that time than when I started and started getting into more holistic things like Reiki, crystals, 
and then working with a life coach. And um, I had more progress with eight sessions of a life coach than I did in almost two years of therapy. And so then I was like, okay, I need this because I need to be able to share this with other women. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. The short version of the long story. <laughs> I've done uh, therapy for years, so I totally get like, it's like up and down, I guess. It kind of it kind of depends on where you are on how therapy helps you. There's like, there's actually so many different, like Reiki and stuff like that. I just started learning about like about a year or so ago, I want to say. So there's so many different types of therapy and ways to figure out whatever you're trying to figure out in life. And yeah. I think it just everyone automatically goes straight to therapy, like therapy is the way to fix it. You have to go to therapy. But sometimes it can be stepping out of the box and getting a life coach or a mentor or something like that. So that's really cool that it's someone that went to therapy was like, oh, this isn't for me. Let me try something else. Yeah, it was. Um, well, the problem was, is that she just wanted to medicate me. So she was like, every session, it was like, you need medication, you need a medication. It was like, you know, she was like this, if you take this medication, it will give you stairs to climb your way out of the ditch. Because right now you're clawing your way out of the ditch every day. And I looked at her, I was like, I will claw my way out of this damn ditch every single day <laughs> um, before I use some like medication to give me stairs. And I'm not opposed to medication. If it's something that someone needs, then by all means, like, yes. But for me, that would have been an epic fail because I already saw myself as a failure. And I like, if I couldn't manage life without medication, then like, God, then I really was a failure. Right. So that just, I couldn't allow myself that. But I also knew that it wasn't, um, the struggle wasn't there because of like a chemical imbalance or something like that. It was just like more learned behaviors that I had to unlearn. So that's the other reason I wasn't uh, completely on board with trying medication. Right. So. Now, you're a life coach and you do Reiki and IET. You're an IET practitioner as well. Can you kind of explain for us what those are and do those all like kind of coincide together with your clients or are they all kind of separate practices with separate clients who have like all different types of things they're seeing you for? Yeah. So, um, so I'm a life coach. So the, my client that I typically work with is a mom who's also healing from trauma. And so um, she, it's showing up where she feels like she's a bad mom. It's impacting her marriage. It's impacting her relationship with her children. She doesn't realize that it's unhealed childhood trauma. That's, you know, keeping her stuck where she currently is. Um, so, so I have my coaching clients, but then I also have women who come to me just for Reiki and the amazing thing is that, um, and IET, and I can do those distance. So um, like I've sent Reiki to a client in Germany. I've sent Reiki to a client in Minnesota. And then I've just sent it two hours away in Pennsylvania. And I also live in Pennsylvania. Um, so you can do Reiki hands-on where you could come and I could actually place my hands on you to do the healing energy, but I can also send it distance. So um Usually the women who come for Reiki, they are on a healing journey themselves, but they've already done the therapy. They've already done the coaching. So it's kind of like a tune-up for them um, to help continue with that energy, moving out the old, unnecessary, unserving energy and bringing in something more fresh and vibrant. So because it works with aligning chakras, um, which are energy, energy points within your body. Okay. Awesome. Now you teach how to create like a relationship with filled with more understanding, compassion and acceptance. What's yes. like the number one thing you would say women 
where women should start when they're going to seek out like a mentor or a coach? Where would they, when would they kind of be like, okay, now I think I should kind of seek someone in this area of my life? Yeah. So I think it's really important if you feel like you're stuck and you've been trying the things on your own and it's just not working. So before I started seeing a therapist, I really didn't know, I wasn't into like doing affirmations and things like that, but um, I knew enough to like, that if I could like talk nicely to myself in the mirror, like Kim, you're not a failure. You're a good mom. It's going to be okay. Like that would be like, help me change. But uh, no matter how many nice things I said to myself looking in the mirror, it wasn't changing. And I just, I felt really awful. (laughs) I was really like having the thoughts of like, maybe I shouldn't be here anymore. Um, But then I was like, no, I could never do that to my kids to like take my own life. But then I was like, well, maybe if I just run away, like if I just like one day leave and like, don't take my ID, don't take anything. No one will ever find me. My husband can start over with someone who's not effed up in the head, like someone who can actually keep their career. Like then my girls will have a normal mom. Um, And so then I was like, okay, like all this stuff is probably not really great for you to be saying to yourself. So I think it's time for you to talk to someone. So I just recognized I was at this point where it was like, I was like going farther and farther down in the spiral and I couldn't get myself out of it. Right. So we both kind of have tween, we're in the tween teen realm. For me, I have three kids myself. So they're Uh, My oldest will be 18 this year and my son will be 13 this year. And then my youngest will be eight this year. So we've kind of dipped our toe into the teen, tween kind of life. And I think we're still a little, we're still a little shaken from the first one when she hit puberty. So how are you managing everything with a business, a podcast and clients? How do you find time for yourself and to kind of, work on you as well as work on these children you also have in tow. Yeah. So uh, my morning routine is like, that's key. That's my time for me. If I don't uh, do that, then I'm cranky. So, um, and, and in all transparency, like I'm still always not good about making myself a priority because of all the other things. And so it's really just about having the awareness, like, okay, I haven't gone for a manicure and a pedicure and like, four months. That's a problem. So like, immediately scheduling that um, because that's how I recharge is like, I don't like doing my own nails. Like I want to go have someone do that for me because then I can check out and I don't have to do any, like I can just sit there and be in the moment and watch trash TV on the nail salon TV. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I try to give my girls the like independence. So like you are capable of getting your own snack. So my 12 year old, almost 13 year old uses her cell phone sometimes to text me and say, can you bring me a glass of water to my room? <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. That is not why we bought that cell phone. You are right. not, like, I'm not your servant. You can get your ass downstairs and get your own glass of water. And I don't say it like that, but I'm like, absolutely not, Lily. You can come get your own water. I'm busy doing something. And she's like, oh, fine. You know, with the little <laughs> tude. Um, but I really want them to understand that they are ha- are responsible for themselves. If they need me, I'm here. But you have chores to do. You are capable of getting your own snacks, your own drinks. 
you don't need me for as much as you think you do. And that was a really like a game changer because I used to sacrifice myself on everything. And I, if they said jump, I would like, I would leap. If right. they said leap, I would, you know, soar. So it's like reprogramming myself because I'm like, I don't want them to think that that's what it's like to be a mom or a spouse when they get older that like when someone says jump, you say how high, right. um, that they, you know, they have personal responsibility for themselves. So that's the big piece is like getting them to be independent, but knowing that I'm here for them if they need me. But the other piece too, is like, uh, really focusing on myself, like not validating myself rather get than getting validation from others. Right. So, and that's where like the morning routine comes back. That's when I meditate. That's when I journal. That's when I pull an Oracle card for myself. And that's really what centers me for the day. So I tap into that and then I, you know, I validate myself during that time. And then I'm able to go through the day, uh, more centered. And there are times where I absolutely lose my shit during the day for sure, <laughs> but I can reel myself back in, um, easier than I used to. Cause now I know like, okay, Kim, you're losing it because you're creating this story around the situation. That's not even true. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely me. Like every back and call, I'm like, Oh gosh, what do you need? What do you need? Am I? friends are like you really need to like give them some space like they need to learn how to do things for themselves so they're just gonna literally depend on you for everything like when is your time and I'm like I I don't know like I just I thought this is what we're supposed to do like you have to dote on your children your children are first because as soon as you say anything about self-care or anything everyone's like oh my gosh like you're a mom now like you have to focus your kids and like no like you can take time for yourself you can if you don't take time for yourself, then you're not going to be able to take care of everyone else in tow, children and husband included. Like no one's getting taken care of if mom is just like dragging behind. <laughs> yes. And I think too, you, you bring up a really good point. I felt the same way. I was like, you know, I'm a mom now. So like my kids are my first priority. Like if I'm not taking care of my kids first, then people are going to think I'm a bad mom. And then it's like, people are going to judge you no matter what you do, no matter what you say, right. what you wear there's always going to be someone there judging you for something. And so it's like, do you, uh, so I started asking myself, is it going to matter in five years? If I tell my kids to get their own glass of water? No, it's not. It's actually <laughs> going to serve her better in five years. But then I just right. asked myself too, like, cause then with waiting on my kid's hand and foot and the husband, not that he ever expected that of me, but it was just like this story. I told myself it was that I had to do. Um, then I, there was like this immense amount of pressure, like, you know, making sure that the playroom was always spotless and the toys were always put back in the correct labeled bin. And I can remember not really doing like would never really do this, but I had spent all this time organizing the play, the playroom bins and I had labeled them and my husband and my kids were just throwing toys in any random <laughs> old bin. And I looked at my husband, and I was like, if you put that toy in the wrong bin one more time, I'm going to break your effing fingers. And he looked at me, I was like, I just spent hours and you're just throwing this in here. Like it doesn't even matter. And I realized like, okay, Kim, you've gone off the deep end. Is it going to matter in five weeks or five years or five months that the Barbie was put in the toy car bin? No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's not going to matter. If you don't want to look at the mesh, just close the door. So I just started closing the door and I'm like, whatever, if you kids want to play in a messy place, have at it, but I'm not going to let that bother me anymore. So I had to really change the narrative around what it means to be a good mom and the expectations that people put on us. Yeah. Yes. That's, that was me. And 
my daughter's room. Like I had like dreams of this princess room and I'm like, she's going to keep it so neat. And it's going to be so, no, like I arranged the Barbies and the Barbie clothes and everything. And she just comes in there with her friends and everything's everywhere. And I'm like, but no one even appreciated. It was like 10 minutes. Like what happened here? And it's like, they don't, they don't care. Like they don't care about whether or not it's in the correct labeled bin if it looks pretty like no one cares like as long as there's a place for it to go at the end of the night she and she can play with it right now and it's easily accessible she is okay so you will not die you're not going to be a terrible mom because your house doesn't look pinterest ready when people are walking through the door every day like <laughs> that yeah. was something i really struggled with was like i if someone's coming over i need to know ahead of time i need this house to be on point like no one can judge me and it's like girl they're gonna judge you whether your house is spotless or not, like they're judging people for organization right now. So you will be okay. (laughs) Yes. So it was, but it's this crazy thing. And it's like, we, in the thick of it, it feels like that's all that matters because, you know, it it goes back like caveman years, like days of being chased by a saber tooth tiger. It goes back that far because, you know, while the men were out doing the hunting us women we were the ones rearing the children and we were the ones together all the time and the last thing we wanted to do was to be isolated from the group because that meant we weren't surviving so right. we had to keep our kids alive and ourselves alive so we needed to be a part of that group and so i think that's where we get stuck in the pressures of conformity and like living to these unrealistic expectations of what a mom should look like sound like be like all of those things, because the last thing we want to do is to be ostracized from the group. But what we don't realize is like in the process of that, we're sacrificing ourselves and we're miserable and then we're resentful. And it really like, all we have to do is just switch it. Like if you just focus on what you value, then it doesn't really matter. And and then I had to say, you know what? None of these people are paying my bills at the end of the day. So why am right. I giving them so much headspace why am i allowing them in my head rent free because they're not paying any of my bills they're not you know putting food on the table they're not bathing my kids at night and putting them to bed i'm the one who's doing it so i had to really shift it but um it was like deeply ingrained from childhood experiences of being bullied at school and you know going through childhood trauma in my own family of you know being told the things that i thought or felt were wrong and being judged for them and so it just was like this continual pattern. And so when I realized the root cause of it, like, why did I feel like I needed to be a people pleaser for people that like, even for complete strangers, then it was like that moment of like, oh, I get it now. Right. I feel like married married moms or like moms that are in relationships, they have like a harder time sometimes it seems with like asking for help or seeking you know, professional help for trying to learn self-love and how to have more understanding and kind of bring everything together. I feel like sometimes they feel guilty because they're married and to the outside world, it's like, oh, well, you have a partner, so you should be fine. It's like, well, no, that's not exactly how a marriage dynamic works. It's the same as, you know, a single mom. Sometimes married moms are doing just as much work as a single mom. They're sometimes single. Sometimes their husbands aren't even there they're working out of state or whatever's happening so do you see more single moms or married moms with your in your profession um i actually work with it's like 50 50 so um but the struggle is the same um regardless of whether we're in a relationship or not we always feel guilty for asking for help we feel guilty um for saying that we need to count on someone else or just get some assistance 
but we're also worried that people are going to think that we're weak. Like we're not right. strong enough. And so we, that's the last thing we want is for someone to think that we can't handle it. So we don't ask for help. We just suffer through. And then we get really pissed off about it. Cause like, you're like, I'm over here struggling and no one's helping me. Right. You didn't ask anyone. You didn't tell anyone you were struggling. And so we put our right. game on and we give the outward impression impression that we've got it all together. So why would anyone even bother to ask us if we need help when we are putting on this facade of, of doing it on our own and making it work and being okay with it? I feel like that also is why a lot of women don't ask for help or they feel uncomfortable asking because they see other women like seemingly having it all together and they're like, oh, well. I can't ask for help because then like, clearly I don't have it all together. Everyone's going to know because I had to ask for help and Susie didn't. So I feel like that is the struggle that a lot, that I feel like all women just really are just like, should I ask for help? Is now the time? Like, aren't I supposed to be the nurturer and the figure outer of all this stuff? So like, should I be asking for help? Should I be seeking something like, or should I just know it all? It's like, no, like no one has a book. Everyone's confused and just trying to figure it all out. Yes. And that's, that's the kind of ironic part is that uh, we have masculine energy and we have feminine energy. So like, and guys have it too. And even straight guys have masculine energy and feminine energy. And, and same with like, everyone has it, whether like, no matter what sexual preference you have for being in a relationship with someone, we all have masculine and feminine energy, but stereotypically masculine energy is the fixers, the rescuers. And so the feminine energy is the damsel in distress. And feminine energy wants to be saved. It's like the whole <laughs> like Sleeping Beauty and print, like the Disney princess. Right. Like the princess and, and the knight in shining armor comes and rescues them and sweeps them off their feet and takes them away. And so oftentimes as women, we do not tap into that feminine energy enough. Um, we want to be rescued. We want to be saved, but we're not willing to be vulnerable in that way. So we really step like mostly into masculine energy and try to be the fixers. And then we don't feel like we're nurturing enough. And so then we tell ourselves like, oh, I'm such a bad mom or I'm such a bad partner because we're not tapping into that feminine energy. We're so in our masculine energy where we're fixing everything. We're the rescuers. We're the knights in shining armor. And we don't allow that. We don't allow ourselves to receive that back. Right. Do you want to start a podcast, but you don't know where to start? As the host and producer of this podcast, I can tell you it's definitely not easy. When I started out, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing or where to start. Actually, I still kind of don't know what I'm doing. Buzzsprout has been my go-to from the start of my podcast. They have so many helpful videos on hosting, how to edit, how to add music, how to post, what to post. I mean, you name it, they help you with it. And their Facebook community is helpful too. So let me tell you now. If you're a podcaster and you're trying to start a podcast or you already have a podcast and you're looking for a host, definitely check out Buzzsprout. They have everything you need to get started, even a domain name if you don't already have one. Trust me, I'm no tech genius and Buzzsprout has definitely been my saving grace. So if you're interested, you can click the link in the show notes to get started on your podcasting journey. Now back to the show. What's something you would say to women who can't necessarily like seek out coaching or mentoring right now, but they're trying to kind of 
start on that journey, what something that you, what's some, a piece of advice you would give them, I would say, for the, where they should start? Yeah. So um, I think it could be a challenge to do it on your own, but figuring out the root cause. So uh, why you're struggling. So um, typically we stay very surface level. So, um, and that was the problem with therapy is, so the therapist was giving me these labels of codependency, anxiety, being affected by childhood emotional neglect, but we were just looking at the symptoms of those things. We weren't actually getting to the root cause of those things. And so if you can tap into the root cause, so like an easier, an example of when I left my teaching career, I felt like a failure because I only made it six years, not 96 years. And so, uh, the root cause of feeling like a failure was not feeling good enough, feeling like uh, I was inadequate. And that all went back to childhood. That went back to the abusive relationship that I was in when I was in high school um, for five and a half years. So it was like re-triggering those feelings of being inadequate, not enough, not worthy, not lovable, all of those things. And so that's where the spiral started. Um but what I didn't realize is that I was feeling all of those things because I was really trying to have my needs, my needs met externally. So um, there are six emotional needs. I did not create these. These are created by Tony Robbins. And um, we have four fulfillment needs that we need like air, food, and water. And then we have two fulfillment needs. And so the, um, the primary needs are love and connection. They go hand in hand. And then significance and certainty and uncertainty. So another word for uncertainty is variety. Another word for certainty is safety or comfort. So we will try to have these four needs met the same way that we need air, food, and water and sleep. Um, we will sacrifice our values to get those needs met. The two fulfillment needs are growth and contribution. We will not do whatever it takes to get those needs met. So check into your, like check in with yourself and see like, am I trying to meet these four primary needs from other people and other sources. So I most certainly was in like telling myself in the story of like leaving my teaching career and becoming a stay at home mom, because I didn't have the outside connection anymore. I was at home with the four walls closing in around me, staying home with my kids. I didn't have my colleagues to chat with anymore. I had tried mommy and me groups but I didn't really feel like I fit in there because women, we can be very clicky sometimes. So yeah. moms had been in these groups since their babies were infants. And now here I'm trying to come in with a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So right. I was like the new girl on the block and it wasn't a warm welcome. So I just didn't feel connected to anyone or anything. Um, and my husband worked all the time. So even though I was married, it was like I was a single mom because he was working 14 hour days between the commute to the office and then coming home and still working at home, tucked away uh, in the bedroom and really not seeing him. And so I just really didn't feel and I didn't even feel connected to myself. So right. um, so there was so much uncertainty there because I didn't know how to manage that. But yet there was also a lot of certainty there um, because every day was the same. It was like Groundhog Day. My kids woke up. I fed them breakfast. We, you know, played or I would watch them play. Then it would be time for lunch. I would get them to take a nap, but they wouldn't take a nap. And they'd be like, can I come down now? How much longer? And then I would feel frustrated because <laughs> I'm like, I have lunch dishes to clean up. I have laundry to do. I have bathrooms to clean yeah. and floors to mop. And I can't get this shit done because you little rugrats won't lay down and go the F to sleep. Like, <laughs> And, and then like you're freaking out, like, please just go to sleep. Take it right. <laughs> and then, and then it was time for dinner. And then I'm like, I didn't even clean up lunch, but now I have to feed everyone dinner. And I don't even know what we're having tonight. And so 
it was just this crazy like spiral. Like it just felt like everything was so out of control because I was looking for my husband to be like, you're doing a great job. You're an amazing mom. And that wasn't happening because he was so in his own world. I was like hoping that my six-year-old and my three-year-old could be like, we love you so much. And you're the best mom ever. <laughs> But that doesn't happen because that's not right. like this is real life. This isn't like a, you know, a made up TV show. So I just was looking for someone to be like, Kim, you're amazing. Like, and it just wasn't happening. And I was just looking for it to almost be like a Pinterest worthy moment 24 seven. And it wasn't happening right. because I had all these unrealistic expectations. I was letting all of these external sources tell me what life should look like and how I should be. So if you can just check those four needs and be like, okay, can I meet, am I meeting these for myself or am I meeting these, like trying to get someone else to meet them for me? Yeah, I think those, I think those needs are are great. Something to like focus on and think like, because I feel like sometimes you're like, well, how do I even know if I need these things? It's like, I mean, you can kind of tell when you're burnt out, but then sometimes you might miss the signs. You might think it's something else. So like having those, four things to be like, am I meeting these for myself as well? I think that that really helps with kind of breaking it down and being like, okay, this is where I'm, this is where I'm falling short for myself. Yeah. And sometimes we tell ourselves these crazy stories that aren't even true about the needs or just about life in general. So I was telling myself that I was a bad mom because my house was a mess because I wasn't able to get my kids to sleep during the day for a nap. So therefore I wasn't getting laundry done. I wasn't getting cleaning done. I wasn't doing all these things I thought I was supposed to have done. And by the time nighttime came, I was too tired to do it. So I was like, oh, tomorrow. And then tomorrow would come and it would be the Groundhog Day all over again. Right. And so, you know, so I had this crazy storm I had that I wasn't doing a good enough job because I was comparing myself to what I thought other moms and women were doing with, with how their marriage looked, with how their kids behaved, with how they showed up, with the clothes that they were wearing and my ratty old sweatpants and t-shirts with holes in them. So it's like you check the story because the story will help you determine what you need. You actually need to focus on meeting. Yeah, right. I I, rem- I just remember during like COVID, that was like the time when I like actually saw other moms like I'm like, oh, they're they're just like me. I feel like that's when everybody kind of came out because there wasn't everything was closed. So you were just at home. So everything just had to be how it was. And you saw moms trying to work and like kids just running around in the background. And you're like, oh, I thought, you know, everything was like super perfect over there. Her house looks like mine. Well, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> yes, because we all had to slow down and actually take the fake filters off of life. Right. Because when you're showing up on social media, we can see what's in the background of your picture. And, oh, look at that. Your house is a mesh just like mine. Oh, right. you just have mismatching clothes and a messy face. Oh, your yeah. hair's not brushed. Like, you know, people are like, oh, God, I haven't showered. It's like, you know, no more fancy clothes because who wants to sit home in fancy clothes when everybody just wants to sit home and relax, like, comfortable clothes? So you're, like, actually right. seeing people with no makeup, no perfectly curated outfit, no perfectly curated background. So it was a big reality check for people to be like, oh, yeah. so that's how you do it. Same. Yeah, I think that was over. That was actually around the time when I started my podcast, too, because I was just like, I I can't be the only one. Like everyone, these people cannot be perfect. This is not normal. Like 
there has to be other people that are also like, what are we doing? Like waking up every morning, like, is this how it's supposed to go? Like, was it, was it supposed to go like that yesterday? I'm still confused. Like, so it was, it's just, it was a nice way to kind of see like, okay, like now I can focus on me because I don't have anything else to do. And everyone else's house is a mess too. So I don't have to stress about that either. So let me focus on me for a little bit. What is it that I need? What have I been missing? I think that was also the time when a lot of moms were like, hey, but I, I really hate my job. Like my job is the worst and I miss my kids and I want to spend more time with my kids. Mm-hmm. Or some parents were like, hey, I actually really do like my job and I like to step away from the home for a little bit and be out and, and do that thing and then come home and do my mom thing. So I think it was a good time and a good way for people to kind of learn more about self-love and self-care and just try and focus on what really matters at the end of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that too gave everyone permission to let go a little bit more and realize that uh, we can't sort of set the standard across the board for what mom life should look like, especially when we were forced to live it 24 seven in a way that (laughs) looked vastly different than what we were used to. So I think prior to the pandemic, it was easy for working moms to feel judgmental against stay-at-home moms. And it was easy for stay-at-home moms to feel judgmental about working moms or feeling like, oh, it must be nice to be a working mom and you actually get to leave the house and close the door and use the bathroom in peace. Where the working moms are like, oh, what I wouldn't give to be home and, you know, have a kid tearing down the bathroom. (laughs) And then we were all thrust into it. So I think it was an opportunity for us to realize like, okay, we need to have more grace with each other and more understanding um that everyone's journey has like ups and downs and how they do it is different than how I do it and that's okay because at the end of the day we're all surviving and just trying to raise the best little humans that we can and actually (laughs) survive right and not die in the process exactly yeah I think for me that was like that was when I learned that I do like being at home more but I would prefer to work as well like kind of have like something that I do for myself during the day like job wise or whatever and then still be able to kind of flex my schedule around my family I feel like that worked more for me when I was working and like out before the lockdown I was like oh yeah I would love to be a stay-at-home mom like I was one of those moms that was like it would be so amazing and then like I got thrust into it when my job got shut down during the lockdown, I was like, oh my gosh, is this what being a stay-at-home mom is like? Like, this is not what they said it would be on the internet. Like, they <laughs> lied to me. So, I was like, like, they totally oversold it. And right, I think I, I was like, off. what is happening right now? Like, wait a minute, take it back, take it back. I need to go back to work. Like, so that was like my chance to kind of be like, okay, I need to work on me. Like, these are the things that, you know, I like and this is what I enjoy, but also, I would like to have some away from the house or away from go in my office and have some work where no one bothers me or calls my name or asks me for a snack. That yes. would be great. <laughs> I, I can spend that. more time with my family as long as I have some me time in, yes. in between. I need it. Yeah, you're like, so I don't feel like I need to change my name to something else. Right. Like, please stop calling my the amount of snacks that I have given out since I have been we have shut everything down. I've been at home like that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what 
this is why stay-at-home moms are always at the grocery store all the time. Like, they're buying so much food all the time. What's happening? So, yeah, yeah, it was really, it was definitely, like, I feel like that was a time for women to be like, oh, okay, I understand you a little bit more now. Like, I get where you're going, going yeah. through. <laughs> you know, and the pandemic, too, the blessing was it actually gave us time to slow down and figure out what it is that we do and don't like. Right. Um, because that was the one of the biggest struggles is that I almost didn't even know who I was. Like, I don't know if you were like, but once I became a mom, then that was like, it was like kindergarten teacher identity, mom identity. And it was like, wait, who is Kim? (laughs) Who is she? And what does she like? And I hadn't given myself really permission to figure that out until I started doing the inner work of healing past traumas, going to therapy, going to a life coach, going for Reiki sessions, learning all of those modalities so that I could share them. And I was like, oh, so it took time to actually like relearn what is it that I like? What is it that I want to do in my spare time when I'm not working or when I'm not with my family? Um, All of those things. And I think we don't often give ourselves time to figure that out because we feel bad again, because we're like, oh, we're a mom. That's who we are. And we have to give that momness all the time. Right. But then we burn out from being a mom and then we don't have anything to fall back on to uh, like revitalize ourselves and and fill up our cup. So I think that's the other big thing, too, is like it's okay, Take time for you, even if it's just going out into the backyard and you can see your kids through the sliding door and just closing it and like reading your book for five minutes. You can see them like they're safe, but just giving yourself that space to like just check out for five minutes. Or even just going outside to like stand barefoot in the grass just to take some breaths and have that moment um, because we we need that just as much as our kids. Like it's like our version of taking in a nap. Although if someone wants to send me to my room for a nap, like, yes, please. Right. Like, please. Uh, am I on punishment? Do I need to go take a nap? Because I will right now. <laughs> like, please send me to my room. Um, so, but like giving ourselves permission, like you need to recharge just the same way that your kids do and your kids need time away from you, just like you need time away from them. And it's okay. It doesn't mean they hate you. It doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It means that you're a good mom because they feel secure enough to know that like I can be away from mom and she still loves me and she'll come back and love me when I'm with her again. So I'm just giving ourselves that time. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that's what moms struggle with. Like, Oh, if I send them away, then they're going to think I don't love them. It's like, no. They're right in the next room. They're going to call you in 30 minutes. Don't worry about it. They still love you. Like, they do not think that you are running out on them. You can go in your room and shut the door, and they're still going to love you in five minutes. I promise. <laughs> yes. And 30 minutes is super generous because it's right. like, when my girls were younger, I didn't even get three minutes before they're like, Mom! Right. It's like, Mom, wait. Oh like, I, I asked for five, and like, you only gave me two, but thank you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I started setting a timer. I was like, you can't say my name. Until the timer goes off, unless oh, you're eating, barfing, having <laughs> diarrhea, or you're dying, but like you're going to wait five minutes until the timer goes off. So in five minutes, like I'm sitting here on the couch in silence, or I'm reading a book, or I'm sending a text message, or I'm scrolling social media, but for five minutes, you cannot say my name. So right. the snack cabinet was low, so they could reach the plastic dishes were low, so they could reach like their juice pouches were low, so they could reach. So like they at four, five five, six could be independent enough to get their snacks and their drinks. So I was like, you girls cannot call my name for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I talk about self-love and manifestation and abundance and stuff a bunch on my podcast because I feel like 
someone someone a long, long time ago, a couple, I feel like it was like two years ago, asked me like, so what do you like to do? It was just like a random conversation we were having. And they were like, what do you like to do? And I just like stopped. And I was like, well, I, and it was just like silence. And we were just sitting there looking at each other. And I was like, I don't know. What do I like to do? Like, who am I right now? And she, and she was like, I think you really need to like, like rein that in. Cause that is, should not be a hard question, but we have really been sitting here for five minutes and you have said nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, who am I other than mom? Like my kid, at one point, my kids were literally like making when they had like little projects in school, they would, they were like, what does your mom like to do? And they'd be like, Oh, my mom likes to clean or like my mom likes to cook dinner. Like, I'm like, no, but I, I don't like that. I actually hate cooking dinner. I only do it because I have to, like, it's not, it's not something I enjoy and I do not like cleaning up after you. Why do you think that? And it's like, well, because you don't show them anything else that you like to do. You don't have anything for yourself. Like, who are you outside of mom? So that was a time that I really had to learn, like, okay, I need to sit down and figure out who am I? Who is Shantaya outside of, you know, Lola Nicole and her podcast on the outside? What else are you doing? What do you enjoy doing? What do you, what do you hate doing? So I think it was a good time for me to sit down as well and like just really rein it in and be like, let's figure out who you are, kind of take it back to square one. So for you, if, well, I guess for everyone listening, for moms that are trying to juggle all of that and just like life in general right now, what are some tips you would tell them to kind of help them right now rein it in and kind of give themselves some time to figure out who they are. Yeah. So it definitely goes back to asking for help. So if there's a, like a dance class or an exercise class or um, something that you would like to try that's outside of the home, you need to ask someone to stay with your kids. It's okay. Or if you go to a place like the Y and your kids are part of your membership, put them in the childcare room. They're going to be a okay. Those people that work in there, they're teachers. They're going to know how to get your kids to stop crying. And guess what? If they cry for a half an hour, they're going to sleep really well when you get home. Like it's not going <laughs> to hurt them to cry it out for a little bit. And I didn't do that as a mom. So I did not do that. And I was really angry about that, like not having that time for myself. So now that I look back, I'm like, I should have done it because it was good for my kids to be in that room to meet right. other kids and have that socializing and have the experience away from me. Um, but I couldn't do that because then that meant I was a bad mom if I let my kid cry in that childcare room. Not mm -hmm. even worth thinking like they're going to stop them from crying. And guess what? If they can't, they'll come get you. But at least you right. tried you gave yourself the opportunity to go and try something. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And there's so much that we can do online now for um, classes, interactions with other people. Like there are meetup groups where you can go to meetup.com and you can chat with other moms. Um, I'm going to be starting a mom meetup um, maybe next month. So like there are so many things that you can do, like ways to connect with people. But even with your girlfriends, one of the things that my friends and I did at the beginning of the pandemic is we set up time on zoom to um just chat with each other like we did a 30 minute oh, like, setup because zoom you can do zoom for free uh for i think it's up to 45 minutes it will let you run a meeting for free so yeah. um so we just got the free zoom we set up one day a week and the three of us hopped on 
with our coffee or iced tea or whatever, messy mom buns, old ratty clothes. And we just chatted for a half hour until Zoom cut us off. So like get tapping into that creativity of how do you connect with other people? But the other thing too, is like, if you try something and it isn't quite right, be okay with that. Um, because that was right. the other thing. I was like trying these things and then I didn't like it. So then I was like, oh, something else that didn't work. And I used that <laughs> to like reconfirm that like, Kim, you're such a loser. You're such a failure. You're such a this, you're such a that. And instead right. of like saying, fantastic, I tried this. I didn't like it. So on to the next. Okay. It's a discovery process. So like be open and um, recognize that you're not going to like every single thing that you try and it's okay. Right. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like you try something that you hear worked for someone or a few people and you're like, well, it didn't work for me. So I guess I guess I failed because I did it wrong. It's like, no, it could just not work for you. Like, I feel I feel everyone like tries to find one thing and then they're like, oh, well, it worked for these people. So it has to work for me. And if it doesn't, then that means I did something wrong. And it's like, no, it could just mean that that just wasn't for you. Like, you just have to find what works for you. So like a relationship or a car or anything else. What you have to find what works for you. And I think that's the thing is everyone tries to kind of fit everyone in like a one size all box. And it's like, no, everyone's different. Everyone has different needs and feelings and traumas and lives. So you kind of have to find what fits for you. Just like some therapy works for some of my friends. Therapy doesn't work for other friends. Some of my friends are more spiritual than they're more into that than they are in therapy. Some of my friends are more into therapy than they are in spirituality. It just really, really depends on you and what you need. Yeah. And uh, one of my girlfriends, um, her husband works a full-time job and then they own a brewery. So he's not home often, but there was, it was like, they made this agreement that Tuesday and Thursday were her night. So he had to be home on Tuesday and Thursday, even if it just meant he got home in time for her to put the kids to bed. She was leaving. Like music at home, she was leaving. And she said, sometimes she just drove in the car for an hour, listening to the music as loud (laughs) as she wanted to singing along. But then other times she's like, I just went to Target and walked around. She's like, I tried on clothes. I tried on shoes. I just literally wandered Target aimlessly. She was like, (laughs) most of the time I wouldn't buy anything. She was like, but it was so refreshing to be able to go into a store without negotiating with a child. Like, well, I want this. Well, no, we're not getting that today, but I want this. Well, no, we're not doing that. And then having like right. a disagreement about it. The whole so, shuffle all the way to the to the checkout. You're like, oh, please just stop asking. <laughs> yes. And so she said sometimes she just did that because it was so refreshing to walk through the store in silence. Yes. Yes, I have done that. <laughs> so so I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes too, when we think like, oh, finding out who we are or, or what is it that we like or things like that, we, we make it this big monumental task and we forget that, that it can be just small things like going to Target and buying nail polish and painting your own nails while, you know, the kids are playing or watching a movie or whatever. Um, and it's okay too, to let them sit in front of a device sometimes. Like right. I, sometimes I'm like, you can go watch your device. You can go watch TV. Like I'll get back with you in an hour. Yeah. I think that was something I had to work on was like, okay, they'll be fine if they're watching something and you're downstairs doing something you enjoy. Cause I actually, I like going to the nail salon. I like, like you just kind of like relaxing and like getting my nails done. But then I also 
found myself enjoying doing my own nails sometimes, just kind of like being in my little space and doing that and just zoning out. So that was something that I found, you know, to do to kind of relax me and, and step away from everything. And I feel like in the beginning, I was like, oh, wait, like, I don't think that's monumental enough. Like, that's not finding myself, is it? Like, I should be, there should be something like big and like wisdomy or something like I, something else should be happening right now. And it's like, no, it can, it can be small things. So I think for me, that was something I really struggled with was like, I don't think this is monumental enough. Like, I should be doing something bigger and then then it'll be life changing. Then I'll be OK. I found my thing. And it's like, no, your thing can be a little spark. It's OK. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Because I think too, it's not feasible to always leave the house and always do this big thing. Sometimes we have to be able to find ourselves because our house is supposed to be our sanctuary. Our house is supposed to be a safe place. And if you can't recharge at home and you have to constantly always leave to recharge, it goes back to that external thing. It's like not taking that time to just be with you within your own space. And so then that becomes this it just becomes this thing that we use to cope where, you know, we become reliant on it. So yeah, have those things that you do outside of the house, have those, and they can be small things or big things outside of the house. And they can be small things or big things inside of the house, but being able to practice self-care and self-discovery in both settings is super important. Yeah. Someone told me like, oh, you should take a room or wherever you want to take a little corner in your house and kind of like, decorate that and make that your zen space because yeah they tell you you know go take a walk or leave and go do here explore blah 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 but you do want to have you know a little space for you in your home because I mean it is your home you should love you should like being there at least so you know make it homey buy some cheap stuff to decorate it make it yours make it a little book nook whatever to just kind of be able to go somewhere and recharge right where you are without having to, you know, up and, and take a purse and drive away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so for me, that was my, in my old house, we just moved in October, but in my old house, that was in my closet. I'm still sitting in my closet now, um, but <laughs> my, my old house, my closet was smaller. And um, so I had a closet organizer and I had my shelf. And so it had um, like this, like things that I liked, like little trinkets and um, it had my med- like I stored my meditation cushion there and it, like that's where I kept my crystals. And so like that was my place where I could go recharge and I could close the door. Um, inevitably, either the dogs or the cat or the kids would come find me. But that was my <laughs> space where I could go and say because I'm not a person who likes to soak in the tub. So that could be the other thing is like taking a bath and like lighting candles on. That's not me. Um, so I was like, I can just go into my closet, meditate, journal. And then I'm good. I can recharge, reset and come back out. So that was my sacred place. I haven't created it here yet. Um, it's like kind of hodgepodge, like all my crystals and my Oracle cards are on the shelf in front of me. But um, my meditation cushion is over there. I have other things in my bedroom on the windowsill. So I'm like all over the place. So that's my goal is to just create like a space just for me. That's not scattered all over. Right. Yeah. Me and my husband are currently like kind of sharing an office. So there's no like door to separate us. So I'm just like waiting. I can get my door and just <laughs> be able to close everybody out because he can still come find me himself. But yeah, I, I totally think like finding somewhere in your home, even if it's your closet, there's plenty of times I have just gone in my closet and I can just hear my kids running through the house like, mom. And I'm like, oh, they can't find me in here. But so like, yeah, if you need to find a closet, find yourself a closet, but just find yourself somewhere. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. And don't feel guilty about it. Right. That's the thing. Don't feel guilty about hiding in the closet and eating your chocolate bar. I have done that many a time. Okay. Yes. Delicious. And you, the kids will be fine. They'll be none the wiser. <laughs> right. They might notice that one's missing from the pack because I've totally right. they're black. for that. Uh, <laughs> well, who ate the cookies? Because there was like a whole row and now there are a couple missing from this row. I'm like, um, me, I bought the cookies. They're like, yeah, but these right. are our cookies. I'm like, no, um, these are everyone's cookies. <laughs> I was like, I can have some of the cookies that I went to the store to purchase. Thank you. <laughs> right. So it was like, if, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be having the cookies in general. So right. my mom tax for driving to the store and picking them up <laughs> and doing the grocery shopping. So yeah. That's so what yeah. we do for Halloween. It's parent tax. We always yes. go through those bags. Like, yeah, come on, parent tax. Like, we had to take you yep. around. Yep. So we got to go in the bags. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so- this has been so fun. Yes. Um, I have had such great insight, especially talking to someone else who understands like with teens or tweens, just kids in tow while you're trying to work and run a business and everything else and still trying to feel sane and like a human. I feel like that's really hard for us moms nowadays. It's it's mom or nothing. So we have to kind of separate and make time for ourselves because we we have to put our oxygen masks on first they tell us that on the plane and you got to do that in life as well (laughs) so before we go won't you share with everyone where they can find you how they can work with you so that they can continue talking to you and learning more about everything that you offer to help them on their journey yes so um uh they can work with me one-on-one um, you can hit up my website, which is kimkeen.com, or and I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, um, I'm trying TikTok. Oh, do I feel TikTok struggle. <laughs> on TikTok? Let me tell you, but I'm trying. So if you come to my TikTok, no judgment. I'm still learning. <laughs> We're all just on there trying to figure it out, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so um it's funny because my girls mock me for being on TikTok and that like their impression of me, I'm like, Oh God, is that what I really look like and sound like? On <laughs> so I don't think I ever want to show up on TikTok again. Um, but then I also have a podcast called one of a kind you, and that's all, all the podcast platforms. So that's all the ways to find me. And I'm open. Like if they have questions or whatever, they can always reach out, email DMS, um, whatever way is easiest. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. And guys, I will link everything all of Kim's information in the show notes so you can check her out. And thank you again so much, Kim. This has been so fun. I am so glad I got to connect with another mom on the podcast so other moms can hear. And if you didn't know, Kim's signature quote is validate yourself and any additional validation you get from others is an added bonus, which I think is great. It definitely is. You have to validate yourself and love yourself first, guys. So thank you, Kim, again for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with everyone today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to chat with you on my podcast. Yes, I will be a guest on Kim's podcast as well. I will keep you all updated on Instagram and the show when it's happening. So thank you guys so much. And we will talk to you in another podcast. If you feel like you may need more than just help figuring out who you are or you need someone to talk to, BetterHelp is always there with licensed professionals ready to talk whenever you're struggling. 
Mental health is important, and BetterHelp makes it easy to find a therapist that's right for you. They have video, voice, and chat options available, so you don't even have to leave your house. Click the link in the show notes to start speaking with someone today and get a free week of BetterHelp. Mental health is important, and so are you. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kim today, and I'll be sure to leave all of her information in the show notes for you guys. I hope you're able to go through today knowing that it's okay to take care of you. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and your continued support. If you haven't already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You can even just leave a five stars on Apple. You don't even have to type words if that's not your thing. But it really helps me out with ranking and I'll show up more on podcasting platforms so more listeners can find me. Let me know you're listening and you love it. Share the love by taking a screenshot of today's episode or just copying the link and sharing. Tag me at the Awkward Mom Stage on Instagram or at Awkward Mom Stage on Twitter so others can find me as well. I'll reshare them and shout you out on the podcast as a thank you. If you'd like to donate to the show to help with behind the scenes or you just want to buy this hot mess mama a coffee, you can do that as well with the support the show link in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show so far and you have topics you want me to cover or someone you think should be a guest on the show, send me a DM, an email, and let me know. Until next week, y'all, I hope you have a great Friday or whichever day you're listening to this. And always remember you're beautiful. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Alfred Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page at the Alfred Mom Stage where you can follow and find information on next week's show updates for the podcast, behind-the-scenes clips, and more. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next week for an all-new episode. I hope you have an awesome week. Always remember you're beautiful. Lola.